episode of the TF Archive podcast, which will probably have a really cool name by the time you hear this, but we haven't decided on one at the time of recording. My name is Stuart Webb, and you might know me as Inflatable Dalek on various forums, or the author of an internationally successful five-star reviewed book about the Marvel UK Transformers comic on Amazon. But we're not here to talk about my hugely successful and popular book. Goodness me, I feel dirty now. We're here to talk about something that happened in the world of Transformers just last week, this weekend just gone, the final ever auto-assembly convention. So to help me out here, I have the Ilya Kuriaki to my Napoleon solo, Mr. Tom McNally, who was a first-time attendee at uh, the auto-assembly convention this weekend. Uh, he, they were so keen to get him that uh, they stopped the convention forever afterwards as a result. Yeah, it was Tom- the punctuation mark, uh, hopefully the exclamation. You were a full stop. You were uh, the line in the sand that no man dare cross. Uh, how are you anyway, Tom? Uh, I'm well. Uh, I feel like I'm in good condition. Uh, nothing is trying to hunt me, to my knowledge, at present. Obviously, it was your first auto-assembly, as I've just said, but you were aware of it as a convention beforehand. So what what made you decide this one was going to be the one that you went to? Well, uh, I'm from South Africa, so uh, and I've been lurking around uh, the online community for a ridiculously long time. So I was aware of the very first auto-assembly back in 2000, because I was so far away, it never really felt like something I would ever actually go to. And even by the time I moved to the UK back in 2008 uh, it was still happening I guess it's now a possibility but I was always either broke or homeless or underground or something at the time but then uh, I was talking to a, a friend of mine about it and he was fascinated by a sort of double life he discovered in me that I'd been posting to this place called TF Archive for going on 15 years or so uh, without ever once mentioning it. And he, bless him, bought me uh, a ticket and the train fare uh, to go up to Birmingham as a sort of um, experiment. I think he wanted to to sort of cast me in as a, as a kind of sticky hook and reel me back in and see what I came out with. And uh, what I came back with was uh, a Takara Skybite. So I, I don't know if that was satisfying to him or not. Yeah, I'm not sure if that would prove it a, a clinical scientific test. But uh, so for people listening who perhaps are unaware of what auto assembly is, it's uh, traditionally sort of a three day convention that sort of bleeds from Thursday nights into the Monday morning. Uh, you were there for just a Saturday. So uh, what, what was that Saturday like for you? Uh, what was your experience getting off that train at Birmingham International Birmingham Station? International, yes. Um, I, you and Denya were there to welcome me, which was... Because uh, we're well, really nice people. Which, yeah. yeah. That was, that was, great guys. But yeah, that was great. Uh, I've never met Denya before. Um, I'd met you briefly five years ago at the Bix Birmingham International Comics so yeah, I, I've been to many, many comics conventions before. I used to do it basically full time uh, in my previous life as a small press cartoonist. But I always had uh, a nice big chunk of wood between me and the throbbing crowds. So uh, you guys took me into the convention hall, and you had to go. You you went to go pick up your books. 
to sell me some books. Well, I'll, I'll be honest, Miss uh, Arms quite ill for most of the Saturday and uh, kept going, having to go a little lie down. So, uh, Denya took me around, so he was picking up some prints, and I met uh, Kat and Jason, who I know through the cartoonist circuit, and I guess I knew they were associated with Transformers, and Jason's a, a colorist for the damn stuff, but um, yeah, it was a pleasant surprise to see them. And of course, you know, the, 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 the dramatic irony was thick in the air, unbeknownst to all but Jason. <laughs> Uh, so that was very pleasant. Um, and then immediately, uh, the kind of thing that people who were curious about me visiting Auto Assembly in Birmingham were expecting then happened, where a stranger jumped out and accosted me and Denya in a friendly way, introduced himself, uh, and, uh, and then just started to say horrible, levacious things about every woman within in his, his visual sphere. Yeah, interestingly, De- Denia didn't remember this when I talked yeah, to him. Yeah, I, I think he was looking the other way. Um, yeah, I don't know, he was definitely there. He denies all knowledge. Maybe it was just a vivid hallucination, but I wasn't even that thirsty yet. So, uh, thoughts on the convention in general. I was a bit surprised that it was so dealer-oriented. Like, so much of that floor space was these guys who had gone on eBay, gotten some job lots, bagged everything up, and then sold things on at an extortionate price. And that's... I don't know, I just found that a little bit distasteful. I was expecting, I guess because of the small press background, and because a lot of the... I guess I associate Auto Assembly still in this sort of year 2000 kind of vagueness, where it was very much Transmasters UK and the fanfic. I, I, I guess I was expecting a lot more zines. I was expecting a lot more fan creations and like maybe a kit bashing table. And the dealers are sort of the, they're the side of the fandom that I don't really have that much engagement with. I kind of come at it from a more more creative angle. So I didn't feel that was terribly on display, which is weird because, you know, you have James Roberts who's come from that side of it and he's the big focus point of that convention. Uh, from my perspective, I might be wrong there. He's very encouraging of that, of course, that being his background. But oh, yeah. there isn't really any of that, apart from in the in the program, is it Fire and Steel, the, the comic? Yes, uh, the comic was very good. I realised uh, I left my copy of the comic on the breakfast table, uh, so one of the uh, waitresses if, uh, will have took it home with them as a little extra gift. So <laughs> <laughs> life, hopefully. So I think as you've just sort of implied, for you the big thing is for comics. Uh, so presumably for you, with two big panels, where first the uh, the Marvel one. And then the IDW uh, panel. So, um, oh, and this uh, Marvel Dreamwave in the middle. I remember still being in my school uniform, going down to the comic <laughs> shop in in the Cape Town city centre, getting the uh, the Dreamwave original miniseries. I was very excited. Yeah, no, it's always been always been the comics for me. I think. So, uh, what, had you met Simon Ferber before? Or was that your I, first? Time? I had. I had met him briefly at a. Bristol Comics Convention uh, in the pub. Uh, I think I remember commending him of how well uh, the IDW series was going. I don't think we got to devastation at that point. But I, you know, I sincere to say, I was very keen on those comics. That's, that's a beautiful moment. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of a Marvel panel there? Did it, was that much interest to you? Or, uh... yeah, so sad, just as a Saturday attendee, um, uh, yeah, I went to two panels. I went to the uh, Furman and Wildman one, and I went to the IDW uh, uh, it was that Roberts, Roche, Griffith, and Mill. That's that's my sample. 
the Marvel one was very sweet. I get, you know, I've been reading your blog f- uh, since it began, so uh, I feel very well informed about Marvel UK and and wanted to, you know, like, uh, yeah. So I expected quite a quite a fine level of detail on Marvel UK, but I think. I think that stuff's mostly been forgotten. I really wanted to ask about Steve Parkhouse and whether or not he was interested in the franchise after Man of Iron. Uh, you got to ask a question, but no one could hear yes, you. Yes, unfortunately, yes. Uh, Simon Furman didn't hear my question, uh, and he answered a question he made up in his own head. Although I've never actually seen this talk that Wildman and Furman do. I kind of felt I had because I've read so many panel summaries and stuff, and I've you know, heard the story about the, the nuns. I guess that's, that's actually it's the fault of the people asking the questions. They were like, ah, oh, you know... Where do you get your ideas from? Wildman was good. He kind of did most yes, of the I, I've always liked Wildman uh, as a convention guest. He's got a nice, dry, sardonic humour. Yeah, I, I've seen Wildman talk before because uh, he was associated with the, the DFC and the Phoenix. So I've seen a few him host a few panels and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, it, was, it was very nice. I mean, you know, in that strange sense that you get in fandom that you sort of feel like you know someone even though you haven't really met them very often. Uh, yeah. so that was quite pleasant. Like, ah, oh, these guys, I know these guys. Ha, or, uh, no, I don't really. I'm a stranger to them. Uh, so that was fine. It was quite sparsely attended, though, uh, which I found quite interesting. Um, are they both fixtures? I know Simon's um, a fixture of Ottawa. Uh, I think uh, since we started having guests, which is like from like the second convention they ever did, I think he's only missed one where he had to go to a wedding. As I, as I also said for you, it's easy to uh, take them for granted, both him and Wildman, because they do do so many. Uh, a good man to talk to, and it's always worth making the effort to go talk to him. Sadly, I did it with Wildman this year. I forgot to do that uh, when I really should have uh, because he's a pretty interesting bloke to chat to as well I, I did a bit of, of wandering around the convention floor in between rummaging through uh, those those buckets of toys one other thing I found quite pleasant I've never been in this sort of environment before where you can just look over at your neighbour and say ah oh, I see there you've got a snapdragon and people can know what you're talking about and say yes you know that's that's new to me I got a little spark stalker because <laughs> he's been in the comics lately I think he's just hilarious from one of the main oh, yes, yeah. and uh, I could get that out of my pocket and say look I've got a spark stalker and people would say yes that's good that you have a spark stalker and I that's yeah I, was, I enjoyed that that's beautiful <laughs> It is the other times you get your spark sword out of your pocket and start waving it at people that cause oh, problems. Yeah. In most crowds, it doesn't fly at all. Uh, and uh, there was a there was a, a lady who was having trouble transforming her her leader, Ultra Magnus, and uh, you could you know just enter into a conversation about he's got tricky legs. I didn't know he had tricky legs, but I learned that oh, well. Magnus has tricky legs. Uh, <sighs> So that was good. Uh, you lent me a tenner and I could buy um, the, the very shiny Takara Skybite. Uh, I already have the Hasbro Skybite, but I'm a... Takara's better, of course. Uh, I'm just a stickler for Skybites. He's in his nice colours. Um, Does that mean you got Peter Spellos signed the box as well? Did. It didn't actually occur to me until quite late in the game. I saw Peter Spellos just kind of sitting glum. Nobody was talking to him. Everyone was talking to Summerlee. Kind of just waiting... Uh, I'm not saying I felt sorry for Peter Stellas, Spellas, that's why I got his autograph. That, that's when it occurred to me. Like, wait a minute, this is Sky. That's the that's the guy who did Sky. This is what people do. This is what people do in this environment. They take a thing. So we signed the back of the box, but I've already thrown it away. So. Um. <laughs> That is the saddest sort end to any convention. I hope Peter Spellos isn't listening to me. <laughs> you, it, you thought he was sad before. 
he knows he knows what it's all about he knows that it's about the ephemeral nature of consumer goods um oh here's, here was a highlight of the convention I remembered that there was a tombola and I went over to tombola there's this nice lady very much like a like a church jumble sale kind of uh, vibe and that was good that's sort of what I was expecting out of auto assembly really <laughs> Church um, and so you know, I bought some raffle tickets until I won something, and it was this um, terrible jigsaw, very big pieces, very poorly drawn. I think it was drawn in quite a hurry. Semi-identifiable movie characters. Anyway, I got that signed by everyone. That was my my introduction. I uh, got it signed by as many people as didn't have very long queues. So Nick Roche didn't get a chance to go at it. Which brings us neatly uh, to the IDW panel. Uh, I like the IDW panel. Again, um, you know, some people ask the wrong sorts of questions, I feel, and uh, ate up the time. But it was nice. I um, I wasn't used to Alex Milne's public appearances, which are, which are low-key. Low-key. Poor Alex Milne does look like he needs a big hug every single convention. I know he was ill this time, but he's yeah, always he a... Was, yeah, and, and that's a, uh, explain a lot of what was going on there. No, I, I, I just felt worried for him. I felt worried. I thought, oh, gee, Alex, you come all this way and you, you look... You just look sad. I'm sorry, Alex. I like your work. Unlike Nick Roach, who was on all the Blue Smarties. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a fantastic uh, MC. They should have him do everything. And he knows it. Uh, yeah, that was good. Some thoughtful answers from the crew. Uh, I asked some questions and was satisfied with the answers. Oh, one thing, one thing, which uh, was genuinely surprising, is how beefy uh, James Roberts is. His arms... He, he could crush your skull with his hands. Yes, that's right. And, you know, he gives every he gives every impression of being a gentleman milk toast, but uh, that is not the case. Uh, I suppose a bit of the interesting thing for me. I, I think all the news of the panels has been well documented now, so there's a little point again we need to that. Uh, Marion or Mort, as uh, she's there online, actually transcribed uh, the IDW panel. So uh, Google that on uh, TFW 2005. Oh, that, that was something. That was a, like a great surprise from my perspective, is that people with T-shirts, like with their allegiance on them, with like, oh, TFW 2005. You've got a very sheltered life. Yes, <laughs> I, I have, yeah. As I say, I'm familiar with comics conventions, but just the slight twists on the on on the, the genre were, were fascinating to me. So we went to the bar afterwards, and that was real fun. We fetched you down... Uh, and um, so we had a little TF Archive chinwag with Marion and Ryan and Denya and yourself. And I had difficulty transforming my brainstorm and my wheelchair. That's, that's how comfortable I felt with you guys. I was willing to go to Transformers convention and admit to a table full of people that I was having difficulty transforming my Transformers. And we all stood up and gave you a pat on the back and a special sticker <laughs> so you didn't feel bad. <laughs> Yeah, that table full of people also couldn't help me and we had to look at the, at the instructions on Ryan's phone and uh, then I had to go almost immediately I had to go back to Brighton and uh, it was a long train journey and I got to read your book on the way despite oh the fact I was so dehydrated at that point I couldn't really see as well as you, we all waved goodbye, and I, uh, I walked you off. And then uh, for the rest of us, it was a Saturday night. Uh, sort of had a nice uh, comedy cosplay competition where the hosts dressed up as Spike and Carly. It was a very, very good cosplay competition. I must say, I was quite uh, I, I was impressed by the cosplay. I, so you can see how much of a godsend the holographic avatars are. I was very impressed. i got to say, uh, the thing which sticks in my mind, the uh, lock, lockdown. Lock, lockdown? 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 Lockdown, yes, yeah. 
Who won? Who won the cosplay? Looking like the Transformer uh, section was won by somebody with Cyclonus, who then uh, came and chatted to us about a later, but outside of his Cyclonus costume. Oh. So his sort of entity is still a mystery. That was very good, like transformed and stuff. And uh, hey, wow. the. Uh, um, it's, it's interesting that there is a, a Transformers category and a human category. Um, that's good. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I, I, I'm sad I missed that because I like. Uh, I don't really indulge in any myself, but I like the fact that other people do cosplay. Well, after that, it was the uh, the, uh, the cabaret uh, from James Haran, who's sort of a laid back. I, I want to say Southern. I'm not sure if he is Southern, but he's like a laid back Southern gentleman. But for good source. Why was he there? I don't understand. He plays Wheeljack on Transformers Prime. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he also, like he owned the place. Uh, I, thought, I thought he was a cool man, but he, he got overshadowed by the other two voice actors. They were more lively. Uh, but, but he's in his cabaret, and we sort of listened to one song, and then we thought we were all going to go to the bar instead. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I only really realized this once I got to the bar, because I didn't read the program or anything like that. But um, there was a zine-making uh, workshop, and there was like a cosplay workshop and stuff. But I had no idea where it was and didn't see any evidence of it. And uh, I think it clashed with the panels I was going to. So. Maybe the room's offside and that. Uh, off that. the side. Yeah. Okay. See, but I did pop into the fanzine workshop. Uh, I was thinking of contributing, and I probably would have on the Saturday if I hadn't been so delicate. Uh, but that was maybe people lost. Maybe I do proper old school fanzines with big sheets of paper and cutting stuff uh-huh. out. And uh, Andy Turbull's around his little uh, green shaded uh, hat. And of course, I got a piece of original art for my book off Andy at that point. Yeah, it would have been nice to uh, meet Andy, actually. I don't think I encountered him. Um, indeed. So, my first convention, the the last auto assembly, uh, it was yeah, it was interesting. It was uh, not quite what I expected. It was exactly what I expected. Uh, it was very lovely to meet you and other people who have just been kind of names and vague ideas and sort of, uh, you know, tie that to a human being that exists in three dimensions. Uh, I got some loot. Yeah, I felt good to be part of something i suppose that's what it's for well uh for, for me i think uh the whole thing sort of uh summed up on the uh sunday of the closing ceremony before obviously there was a big proposal during the closing ceremony where uh jason cardi proposed to cats but before that uh when dave wallace was wrapping up and he was saying uh what for him assembly was uh, a chance to talk to people in the flesh about something that he can't talk to anybody else in flesh about. And, uh... <laughs> I, I, I think like the crystallizing moment of the convention for me, when I was rummaging through one of those bins and somebody turned to me and said, I'm looking for a Transmetal 2 Cheetor. And I said, okay. And a bond was formed. The second crystallizing moment was when I had my freshly signed Takara Skybite in my hands and the thought came to mind, hey... I can probably make about 20 bucks on this by putting it on eBay. But for me, sort of that uh, sentiment there that he expressed in the cl- start of the closed ceremony absolutely perfectly summed up why I love Auto Assembly. Like convention generally. Uh, uh, so I suppose as a final force uh, to, to uh, close up our sophisticated, intelligent musings. Uh, obviously, we don't yet know what is happening next year. So theoretically, if it's roughly the same sort of thing, uh, roughly the same time of year, same sort of price, would you be interested in going again? Yes, yes, let's do that. So yes, I think that's uh, both of us next year. I think uh, TFR archive people we hang around with, I think they're all generally in favour of it again. So one last question then, what was your favourite thing you picked up from Auto Assembly? 
Oh, oh, it was Transformations by Stuart Webb. A personal journey through the Marvel UK Transformers comic, 1984 to 1987. Yeah, the sad thing is that wasn't even intended to be a leading question. <laughs> like you said, it's so sort of technically. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it was, uh, most of the time, see, the piece of art I got from Sprites of uh, Red Alert and Trailbreaker, which is just fantastic, and the, the two scripts I picked up from James Roberts, where he's written his uh, preferred watching order of Red Dwarf. And that, dear Lister, was the first ever TFA podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you uh, look at where you downloaded this from, or if you uh, viewed it on YouTube, there will be links where you can send comments and uh, tell us what you think and what you'd like to hear in future episodes. Uh, I'm afraid, uh, since recording it, we've spotted that the sound on my side of things was not brilliant. Even though lovely tone, his voice was silky and smooth and uh, this audio caramel in your ear. And uh, we're not sure again how regular this is going to be, but uh, hopefully it'll be at least uh, semi-frequent. And uh, we all look forward to it next time. Take care of yourselves. And this is Stuart Webb signing off like he's a proper DJ or something. Okay, thank you, buddy.